0: Beast Watch News watching the rising beast of Revelation there won't be any news stories this week instead I will present the beasts of Daniel and Revelation so that you can understand how these are now manifesting as we draw near to the great tribulation The book of Revelation actually has five beasts and not all of them are wicked. Did you know that? One of them is holy to Yahweh while the others are of Satan? Stay tuned to the end for complete details followed by a summary and comparison of those details. Men have tried to unravel prophecy for centuries, attempting to control entire populations using it. The Catholic Church effectively used prophecy to its advantage while the Protestants turned the prophecies back on the Catholics Catholicism has always taught that one must be Catholic to escape the evils of the end times Protestant reformers, however, preached that the Catholic Church was all the evils and all the evil characters listed in Revelation. They taught that the papacy was the Antichrist, Mystery, Babylon, the Beast, and the Little Horn of Daniel, all rolled into one entity. As evil as is Catholic doctrine, Protestantism is just as wicked and just as incorrect The Reformers were not trying to prepare the people for Yeshua's return, but trying to scare them out of the Catholic Church. That is the wrong use of Yahweh's prophecies. The Catholic and Protestants' incorrect doctrines persist to this day and add in Judaism's twisted version of the prophecies and the confusion and chaos just deepens. Yahweh said that at the time of the end would be some who understand. For lack of time, let me just paraphrase and quote part of Daniel 12. Daniel 12.1 explains this passage as referring to the end times verse 2 references the resurrection verse 3 speaks of those who are wise like the five wise virgins of Matthew 25 these are those who get their wisdom from the Torah according to Deuteronomy 4.6 where it says keeping or shamar and doing Asa, the commandments is your wisdom. Shamar means to guard, protect and attend to the commandments. Asa means to accomplish, advance and fulfill the commandments. Daniel 12:4 instructs him to seal up the book until the time of the end for after the world has finished breaking in pieces the power of the set apart people. All these things will be finished according to verse 7, even Daniel did not understand these prophecies according to verse 8. The angel repeats to Daniel that these are sealed until the time of the end and tells Daniel to go his way in verse 9. Then the angel tells Daniel something about those at the time of the end. In verse 10, many will purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked will do wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise, those who observe and do the commandments, will understand. The end time prophecies were written to the last generation. It will be that some from that last generation who are obedient, will understand because they are wise. They keep, shamar, and do, Asa the commandments. The New World Order, which is populated by people within the three Abrahamic religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, along with secular people, will not understand because they do not keep and do, or shamar and asa. Yahweh's commandments. However, they think they understand and are proceeding with their twisted agenda as if, fulfilling Bible prophecy. It is imperative that Yahweh's wise virgins understand the prophecies in the news as foretold in the scriptures. To this end, there are prophecy principles that guide us. The first principle for understanding the prophecies is that Yahweh never changes. The second principle is to always go back to the beginning to get Yahweh's definition of words he spoke and the context of the situations when the words were spoken the first time. The third principle is to understand that earthly physical elements have a spiritual or symbolic counterpart. And that the symbolic counterpart has a much wider expression than the earthly or physical element. Let's look at the first principle that Yahweh never changes. Malachi 3.6 For I am the Lord, Yahweh, I change not. Therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hebrews 13.8 Yeshua Mashiach the same yesterday and today and forever. The second principle is just as easy. The definitions of Yahweh's words will not change from the beginning of the Bible to the end. Yahweh doesn't change. It is only man's understanding that changes. The end times and the great tribulation are the wrap-up of situations and conditions that began in Israel's earliest history. Therefore, we must understand the context, both biblically and culturally, of those times. We do that by knowing what the Torah's commandments say about how Yahweh's people are to behave so we can compare the behaviors of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob's 12 sons, along with their descendants written about from Genesis to Revelation with the Torah. We compare all of those people with the Torah and know whether their actions were righteous or unrighteous. It is their unrighteous actions that set in motion conditions and situations that snowballed or grew in size from that time to this. You see, righteousness is constant, but unrighteousness just grows and grows until those populations who continue in the unrighteousness of the previous generations must finally be destroyed. This is what happened from Adam's time to. To Noah's and repeats from the time of Noah to the great tribulation. The size and scope of sin will become so enormous that no one will be left alive on the earth At the end of days. no righteous and no unrighteous will survive unless God intervenes. This is why Yeshua said in Matthew 24:22 "Unless those days had been shortened. No flesh would have been saved, but for the sake of the chosen ones, those days will be shortened. Today, we will examine Daniel's and John's beasts. These entities are already, or are becoming, fully operational right now. It behooves us to understand what is happening. It is not possible to understand Daniel's or John's beasts unless we apply principle number two, which says we must return to the beginning to comprehend events at the end. This is why Isaiah exhorts us this way, Isaiah 46, 8 through 11. Remember this, and show yourselves to be men. Bring it again to mind, O you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executes my counsel from the far country, yes, I have spoken it, I will bring it to pass, I have purposed it, and I will also do it. The third principle has to do with differentiating between the physical and the spiritual, the earthly and the symbolic. This will now be the focus. The three Hebrew words for beast are Kai, Behemoth, and keva Strong's 2416, 929, and 2423. The Hebrew word kai defines the animals that Yahweh made in Genesis 1:24 when he said and God said let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind and it was so. The words living and beast are the same word kai. Another English word for kai is animal but already Here is an example of scriptural context. A chi can be any living creature, but it can also refer exclusively to something particular, a beast. The beasts of Daniel and John are not merely animals. They are symbolic animals as well, and they reproduce after their kind as we shall see Genesis 1.24 alludes to the beast symbolism that will appear later on Kai will become the root of the word keva used by Daniel to describe these symbolic beasts Keva is only used by Daniel the Greek word used by John in Revelation for beast is Zun it's Strong's uh, Greek interlinear is 2226. The lexicon relates it back to the word chi, that's the beast from the first use in Genesis 1.24 But cava is more than just an earthly animal The use of this word by Daniel and John Describes something greater, more beastly From the spiritual realm Something evil, oppressive A creation from beyond And a symbol of worldly governments Daniel's beasts are associated with particular animals. The reason is because the empires of the earth began to use animal mascots to describe their character. Let's look at Daniel 7 to see the animal symbolism. Daniel 7.3 And four great beasts came up out of the sea, diverse from one another. These beasts are animals that symbolize four empires. And what are Daniel's beasts? Verse 4 The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings That's Babylon Verse 5 Behold there was another animal A second like the bear That's Persia And verse 6 After this I saw and behold another Like a leopard which had on its back Four wings of a bird That's Greece And Daniel 7, 7 and verse 8 After this I saw in the night visions And behold there was a fourth animal Awesome and powerful and exceedingly strong It had great teeth It devoured and broke in pieces And stamped the residue with its feet It was different than all the animals That were before it It had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the root, and behold, in his horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. This last beast is not identifiable as any known animal. It is generally understood to be Rome, but it is more than Rome. It is an animal that is spawned by Rome. It is a composite beast that will morph over time into a greater composite beast that by the end of days will encompass the whole earth. This composite beast shows up in Revelation 17. There are two different kinds of beasts in the book of Revelation. The first was created by Yahweh, the other four by his enemy Satan. All totaled are five beasts in the book of Revelation. Let's look at Yahweh's special beast that John saw in Revelation 4. Revelation 4:7 4, says and the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. These beasts are the same that appear in Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel saw four living creatures with the face of a man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. John lists them in different order but they are the same vision had by two different prophets. This means that Yahweh uses beasts to symbolize the character of his kingdom. Confusion sets in when worldly empires use Yahweh's kingdom symbols. The Babylonian lion is not the same as Yahweh's lion for instance. The living creatures operate in Revelation 4 and 6. After this, the beasts revert to the kind that were in the book of Daniel, empire symbols earthly made by Satan the dragon. An important distinction between Yahweh's beasts and Satan's is that Yahweh uses the word living to describe his own, the living creature. The word living is not used to describe Satan's worldly beasts. The next time we read about a beast after Revelation 4 and 6 is in Revelation chapter 11 when we read that when they the two witnesses have finished their testimony the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them and overcome them and kill them this beast and those to be described in chapters 13 through 17 are from Satan's realm. Let's start with Revelation 13 in which we find two beasts here is the first one, Revelation 13.1. Then I stood on the sand of the sea. I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads. On his horns were ten crowns, and on his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard And its feet like those of a bear And its mouth like the mouth of a lion And the dragon gave him its power And its seat and great authority Well, let's first define the sea Symbolically, the sea represents All the peoples of the nations John gives us this definition When he says in Revelation 17:15, The waters which you saw Where the horse sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues The waters not only include the oceans or seas that surround the nations and the continents, but the inland waters, rivers, lakes, ponds, reservoirs, too. The seas are specific to the water, though, that surrounds the continents, because this beast controls all the continents, symbolically ruling the world, as we shall see. But the second beast of Revelation 13 does not. Its representative, the whore of mystery Babylon, is situated only on the waters of the continents, indicating that it is not a world-ruling beast like the first one. The horns represent kings, or men in power to rule over others. We know this because Daniel defined the horns this way. Daniel 7.17 These great beasts which are four are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Beasts are empires that have kings ruling over them. In Daniel 7 3 the beast empires rise up out of the sea meaning their rulership is over many different peoples and nations. In Daniel 7:17, 7, their kings arise out of the earth not the sea. To get a handle on this concept, we must return to Genesis 1-9. We're going to go back to the beginning and see how Yahweh defined this. Genesis 1-9, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together to one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. The waters are gathered together in one place so the dry land, the earth, can appear. We have seen that the first beast of revelation thirteen comes from the sea, but we also see that it gives power to another beast that comes out of the earth the gathering of the water to reveal the earth is symbolic of an end time ruler that has a place on the earth from where it rules and it rules over the whole earth as ruling over the sea or all the people of the earth. It has a specific place on the earth, the dry ground from where it rules over the quote-unquote sea, the people. I will reveal in a moment who this world ruler is. This ruler had to arise so the second beast of Revelation could get power to fulfill Daniel's 12:7 prophecy. I'll explain that in detail later on. But keep it in mind. You'll understand what I'm talking about when I get there. Revelation 13's beasts, then, follow exactly the same pattern as found in Genesis 1 creation account of the waters being gathered into one place and the earth coming out of that separation. The Revelation 13 beast has seven heads. These heads are mountains, symbolically as defined by John. But these mountains are symbols of governments and continents. Let me show you that in scripture. Revelation 17:9. And here is the mind which has wisdom of those who keep and do the commandments my addition. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Mountains and hills are governments of greater and lesser strength. Yahweh's mountain refers to His government. Isaiah 2.2 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. This is more than a physical and geographical mountain. It is Yahweh's government established in the top of the mountain that will be exalted above those mountains as if they are only hills or vassal governments. Micah speaks of the physical Mount Zion and also shows it as the seat of Yahweh's government from where his word will go forth. His government will go forth over the entire earth from the physical mountain, which is also Yahweh's government. Micah 4, 1 and 2. But in the last day it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord, that's Mount Zion or Temple Mount, shall be established in the top of the mountains as a sovereign ruling over vassals and it shall be exalted above the hills or smaller governments and people shall flow to it and many nations shall come and say come let us go up to the mountain the government of the Lord and to Temple Mount and to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. for the law shall go forth from Zion, that's the government operating over the earth. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, the world's capital. Zechariah 8-3 says, thus says the Lord I am returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth and the mountain of the Lord of hosts the holy mountain and Zechariah 4 7 who are you O great mountain before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings crying grace grace unto it Zerubbabel was the governor of Judea under the Persian king Darius I the great mountain referenced here is the Persian government and it is given in derisive terms by Yahweh as a great mountain. Secular governments always view themselves as invincible, thus the term great mountain, which in Yahweh's eyes is just a speck of dust, while in the eyes of Darius was greater than all others on earth. Joshua 24.4 says, And I gave to Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. Yahweh gave Mount Seir, located in what is now southern Jordan, to Esau. This refers to the geographical area, but Ezekiel viewed it as Esau's government. Ezekiel 35, 1-3 Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir, and prophesy against it and say to it thus says the lord god behold o mount seir i am against you and i will stretch out my hand against you and i will make you most desolate so was ezekiel prophesying against esau's physical mountain or against his central government. Well the prophecy was against Esau's government of course. These are just a few examples of why mountains are symbolic of governments and context reveals whether the mountain referred to is a physical one or a government. So heads describe huge mountains on which are other mountains and governments. Why? Well think about what the continents are. If you remove all the water, a continent is a huge mountain. The earth has seven of these and each one contains several smaller governments or hills. Let us remember too that the two main End time beasts have ten horns, kings, and seven continents, heads. Ten and seven. Ten and seven. Ten represents an incomplete government. Ten is the number of tribes said to be with the house of Israel. ...which was only part of the kingdom. A complete government in Yahweh's definition is 12 for all 12 tribes. Seven is the number of creation. This tells us that what Yahweh created is now being used for evil purposes... ...because it is associated on those beasts' heads. The Revelation 13 beast is the grown-up fourth beast of Daniel... I call it a composite beast. Rome was different than the three previous beasts of Daniel. Daniel 7, 7 says the fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, it devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse or different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. This is the beast that has continued to morph and change until it arrives at the Jezreel Valley ready for the Armageddon War when the Revelation 13 and 17 beasts unite and yes, I will explain this by the end, you'll understand it This will be the last time the fourth beast of Daniel will morph The first Revelation 13 beast will give rise to the second Revelation 13 beast. There is another separate beast in Revelation 17. And each has its own agenda, but they all have the same source, Satan. Now, let's return to Revelation 13.1 and put these terms into modern English so I can reveal who that beastly ruler of the earth now is Revelation 13 1, and I stood upon the multitude of the people and I saw an empire rise up out of the people ruling seven continents with ten kings and upon the kings were ten crowns and upon his continents the name of the United Nations the name of blasphemy is a particular name it is not names plural as some Bible versions render there is a name for the empire that rules the continents and the reason we know this is because the Greek interlinear uses the Greek word anoma in the singular in Revelation 13:1. the name name singular of blasphemy and Anomaton the plural form of Anoma in Revelation 17 which says names plural of blasphemy you see if you look at the Greek and you you do your research you can know what these verses are really saying even with bad Bible translations and what is that name United Nations why is this the blasphemous name because this organization claims to have already done for the entire world under HaSatan what the Messiah Yeshua will do but only for his own people and not the entire world redemption and in gathering of the Israelite exiles This is a one-upsmanship on the part of Satan. He has united the whole earth with Yahweh's people trapped within his government. The reason Rome was the prototype of the end times revelation 13 and 17 beasts that eventually do merge together is because Rome created the institution that would unite All the Roman and other deities into one universal religion along with believers in Yeshua from the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Also, Rome has had all the people of the earth in captivity since its rise to power. Rome conquered the known world then and then morphed and changed into a quasi-secular religious institution parading as a uniter in order to encompass all the world's religions and gather like Yeshua will do for his people everyone into one united empire we now see that the Roman papacy that started all of this is quite diminished but it's children, the United Nations and the Revelation 17 beast, which I will reveal to you in a minute, have taken on that Roman role. The United Nations is the only governing body on the earth today in the end of days that is represented and governs on all seven mountains or all seven continents. The United Nations divided the globe into 10 regions. These regions sit on the seven continents of North America, Western Europe, Japan, Australia, South Africa, and the rest of the market economy of the developed world. That's one of the regions, number four. Eastern Europe, that includes Russia, Latin America, North Africa, and the Middle East, Tropical Africa, South and Southeast Asia, and China. These are the ten horns, each with a king, ruling, someone ruling within each regional council, a representative from that region to the United Nations body, just like the old Roman Empire that was also a representative government. Revelation 13, 2 says, And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and its feet like those of a bear, and its mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him its power and its seat and great authority. The United Nations beastly character is that of a Greek leopard with Persian bear's feet and a Babylonian mouth who got its power from Satan. Verse 3 One of his heads looked like it had been fatally wounded. His fatal wound was healed and the whole earth marveled at the beast. One of its heads or continents appeared to have a fatal wound. In fact, one of the continents does have a wound that it got in the last century and that wound was healed later but we can still see its deadly wound today where do we see this wound? We see it on the European continents, regions 2, that's Western Europe, and region 5, Eastern Europe. The United Nations split Germany to strip it of its war gains and prevent it from regaining its lost territories in the east to Poland and and the Soviet Union. Thus, the European head continent was given a deadly wound. The split was a breach, almost like an axe to the head, the continent, via the Berlin Wall. I reported on this last week. That wall is gone now, but the vestiges of its Cold War and divisive era still remains. Europe's continent, its head, was split wide open. And still today, the eastern part of Europe remains as part of Russia's continent, in Russia's head according to the United Nations no one thought this wound would ever heal but Ronald Reagan inspired its healing with the removal of the Berlin Wall Revelation 13:4. they worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast and they worshipped the beast saying who is like the beast who is able to make war with him I'm going to continue repeating what I said last week because this is important There is no other body on the earth today that can qualify to be the first beast of Revelation 13, the one that rules the entire earth as the United Nations does now. For this privilege, world leaders worship Satan. Anyone, like I said last week, Anyone who is p- paying attention knows that the world leaders are Satanists. They worship him with human sacrifices at Bohemian Grove and other places. Satan, the dragon, gave the United Nations beast its power because the world leaders worship him. And why does Satan require human sacrifices? It is a mimicry and mockery of Yeshua's sacrifice. Satanists believe they get life and power from sacrificial human beings. That is the promise of Satan's rival Yeshua at whose hand Satan satan will be killed but who because he is god in the flesh can actually give life the only one who can give life is god thus yeshua is god and if you think he is not then your salvation is already in question this worship that is done To Satan is the Greek word proskuneo. It's Strong's 4352, which means to fawn, crouch to, or lick the hand like a dog. This licking is more than a mere kiss like people do when kissing the Pope's or a monarch's hand. This is an exaggeration of that. It also means to pay homage, to do reverence, to adore the whole world today lauds the united nations for the peace it has brought to the earth despite hundreds of ongoing wars at any given time the united nations is not concerned about these nuisance wars they point to the wound of europe that was healed decades after the united nations divided Europe. The wound now appears to be healed. People freely travel between Western and Eastern Europe. There are further prophecies about this beast's role during the Great Tribulation. I won't go into those right now but I will say more about them later on. Let's go ahead and look at the second beast in Revelation 13 verse 11. I saw another beast coming up out of the earth He had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. This beast comes out of the earth. It is gathered from the sea like the earth that was gathered out of the waters in Genesis 1, and is from a particular people as specified by its two horns that represent the lamb. asked this question last week. Which of the earth's people are associated specifically with the Lamb? Only Judaism and Christianity. Sister religions and sister nations, despite their many disputes. This is a Judeo-Christian beast that forms on the Asian continent. Geographically, Israel belongs to the Asian continent because that's where Yahweh put her. But according to the United Nations, she is in Region 7, North Africa and the Middle East. You see, Satan has confused people by redrawing boundaries that do not belong to him, a big Torah no-no, and only one of the legal reasons why Yahweh has the right to destroy him. The reason people are so confused about Yahweh and his kingdom is because Satan redefines words, places, and things, then redefines them again until people no longer know what Yahweh meant. When he first spoke them Our Bibles speak of Asia Minor Israel is part of Asia However, the reason that Israel's real estate Is so valuable on the earth Is because it is a hub A crossroad between Europe and Asia and Africa and from it a king of the earth can make it the center of the earth for all kinds of purposes including economics and people coming to pay tribute to the king in Jerusalem this second Judeo-Christian beast empire is the cooperative effort between the house of Judah and the house of Israel in the end of days the house of Judah's government its horn or king is in Israel the house of Israel's government its horn or king is the United States as the leader of the Western nations where most of the House of Israel is scattered also in the United States and the other Western nations are members from the House of Judah they're all mixed in together the West led by the US and Israel led by the Jews is one beast empire with two kings Two horns working together. Such has been the case since Donald Trump took office and began to work with Israel to bring about the Jews desire to have Jerusalem as its capital. The Jews however don't only want Jerusalem as their capital they want to extend its reach to govern all the under nations under Judaism which is not Yahweh's biblical government. I have reported extensively on this subject in Beast Watch News over the last two or more years. It, this week here's another Breaking Israel news article that again verifies how the US and Israel are working together, one beast empire with two horns, two kings, Trump and Netanyahu. In this article a rabbi states look at what US President Trump is doing. Things we have never dreamed of, even in our best dreams and there is more all the leaders who came to Israel this is impossible to ignore these are things we never dreamed of how can these things be if not as preparation for the coming of the Messiah but you do know that the Jewish Messiah is the Antichrist right? The real Messiah Yeshua is a Jew but he is Messiah to all of Israel not just to the Jews Revelation thirteen twelve, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed so the second beast has the goal of unifying the world under the Jewish only Sanhedrin using the Noahide laws and Judaism conversions they've said this is a new United Nations meant to replace the current United Nations in news reports however this beast is careful to not overtly Usurp the obedience of the member countries of the United Nations Whose deadly wound was healed This is why Donald Trump has been careful to propose a two-state rather than one-state solution Even though his two-state solution leads to a one and Jewish-only state Revelation 13.13 13 says And he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men Which nation first used atomic weapons? The United States... Other nations have nuclear weapons, but so does Israel, and it was the use of that first atomic weapon that made it possible for the state of Israel to be created by the United Nations beast. That creation of the state of Israel made possible by the United States nuclear weapons was the first global effort made by the two sister nations together, and by which we now see their two Two horned empire has risen and is in place. The United Nations beast made this possible. It gave the Judeo Christian beast its power. Revelation 13:14, And it deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live The U.S. has spawned most of the greatest technological miracles known to man The use of moving images is among them The first global use of moving Moving imagery was of World War II. Remember, our troops were fighting over there, and the moving images of their battles was being played in United States movie theaters. The most important image that is coming, though, the one that leads to death, is in the next verse, verse 15. And he had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak. And cause that as many as would not worship the image. Let me catch that. Would cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast. The not worship the image of the beast. It's not even talking about worshiping the beast. Now we're just talking about worshiping the image of the beast should be killed. U.S. inventors created the moving picture entertainment industry and so common it is to see these inanimate objects appear to be alive that the world will be deceived by the image of the beast the Antichrist and will worship it the image this is the epitome and height of image worship that Yahweh says is rebellion it will be brought to you by the two horns, the two kings who represent the lamb, but speak the words of Satan. The reason you don't see images that are prohibited in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 15 to 19 in this or any other Beast Watch News article or video is so you can see for yourself how not to be deceived by the Jewish image that will be paraded onto the worlds stage and called the Messiah let me exhort you here and now to stop watching videos that contain Yahweh's prohibited images making images with cameras, paint brushes clay, metal, wood, etc and stop having them in your life if you've got them, throw them out. Revelation 13:16 says, And he causes all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. RFID tracking chips or other technology will enslave and track Noahides. However, Noahides are not the only ones who will be chipped or marked. Noahides will be bond. They will be servants of Jews. But Jews also will receive this mark. The reason is found in the next verse, verse 17, so that no man might buy or sell except the one that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name I recently posted an article wherein a Jewish author Aaron Friedman called for the end of capitalism saying it is anti-semitic he claims the world's free market perpetuates anti-semitism therefore the world's free market system will go away a new system will replace it which will require people to have electronic or other marked access to it in order to have food and supplies by which they may continue living Revelation thirteen eighteen says here is wisdom let him that has understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is six hundred three score and six here is wisdom you who keep and do the commandments so far I have shown you how to understand the beast's of Revelation 13 but there is another beast in Revelation 17 that is not the same as either of the Revelation 13 beasts. Let's go to the Revelation 17 beast. The United Nations beast and the Revelation 17 beast have similarities but they are different beasts. They both have seven heads or seven mountains or you know the seven continents and ten horns, but that really is where the similarities end. The Revelation seventeen beast has its origins in the Bible's beast empires that captured Jacob's Israelite people. It also was created by the Roman beast after which it took on a life of its own to become the Revelation 17 beast. The Revelation 17 beast's seven heads or mountains are the same seven continents upon which it is represented. Its 10 horns represent 10 kings that ruled over it from the late 600s to the 1920s it is Islam there is an ongoing struggle between the two Hebrew houses as you know and I've explained how Jacob's house is split between the house of Judah and the house of Israel well these together as the lamb horned beast of Revelation 13 the Judeo-Christian beast you know they want to rule the world from Jerusalem but here is another house that wants the same thing the house of Esau in the house of Esau is Ishmael because Esau married Ishmael's daughter Mahalat in Genesis 28 verses 6 to 9 this marriage resulted in Esau usurping and completely undermining Ishmael's authority and legacy The Bible speaks of the house of Esau But there is no house of Ishmael listed Today, Muslims claim descendancy from Ishmael The truth is that Esau is lying in wait Hiding behind Ishmael as he hid in the grass While hunting in the field For the right time to pounce On the Judeo-Christian beast he will find his time when Jerusalem has risen to the power of Mystery Babylon under the efforts of the Judeo-Christian beast, the whore, who John tells us is the city of Jerusalem, and is now called, or will be called, Mystery Babylon in Revelation 17:5. and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, and I saw the woman drunken with with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Yeshua and when I saw her I wondered with great admiration the blood of the saints here in Revelation 17:6 is the blood that comes from those who reject the Antichrist Jewish Messiah among them the two witnesses of Revelation 11 the whore will try to ride this beast now I've heard it Taught that this is a reference to her fornication or copulation with the beast. This makes sense. Since this beast is a Shiite beast from Iran, which is Persia's modern counterpart. Islamic Sufism is a mixture of Islamic mysticism and Jewish Kabbalist mysticism. Sufism is not a sect of Islam. Rather, it is a mystical practice within Islam that is close to Kabbalism. It is likely, according to some authors, that Kabbalism originated with the Jews in Babylon, then the Persian Empire, you know, around 25 2,400 years ago. Thus, the whore knows how to ride the beast to attempt to control it by appealing to Sufism's similarities to Judaism's Kabbalah. The Islamic beast, though, won't care about this and will destroy the whore. Why is the Revelation 17 Islamic beast not the same as the Revelation 13 beast, the United Nations, and why is it Islamic anyway? Well, let us understand. We're gonna, this is gonna wrap us up here in just a little bit revelation 17:3 says so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and i saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names plural of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns we already know what the seven heads and ten horns are they are the continents and the kings The woman who Yahweh calls the whore rides or tries to control this red beast through her fornication, her similar religious ideas. Why have I called it a red beast? Not a scarlet beast, but a red beast. Well, because scarlet is nothing more than a darker, more intense color of red. And this redness is our clue to who is really represented by this beast. Esau. Esau and his nation. Edom are called red by Yahweh in the beginning. You see back there in Genesis 25:25 25, 25 and verse 30, going back to the beginning. Get the definitions from the beginning. We are supposed to understand what this means in the end of days, which is this red person will return as an empire. And not only as an empire, but one that spans all seven continents across the globe. And he has. Islam is Esau's religion, and the color scarlet plays a big role in Sufism. Scarlet, as I said, is more intense than red, because this beast is even worse than Esau and Edom were in the past. Persia today is Iran and is populated by Esau's most violent descendant that we learned about in the Bible, in the Torah his grandson Amalek, who the Israelites were supposed to wipe out in every generation. They weren't supposed to be allowed to live, folks. This is what happens when you commit sin. Don't obey. Be wise Shamar and Asa keep and do the commandments ok? Revelation 17:8. the beast that you saw was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is the beast that you saw was and is not, refers to the lie that it tells to humanity about its eternality. Yahweh says, He was and is and is to come. This beast is making claims and mimicking Yahweh's evil.